Yo, what's going on, guys? Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Snaps and Golf Claps. This is going to be the first audio-only episode of many, possibly. I might do camera, or I might do video later on down the line, but I'm not sure yet. So, anyways, um, if this is your first audio episode, thank you so much for listening. Do me a favor, if you are an audio listener and you haven't yet, go ahead and follow the show on your audio podcasting platform leave a rating and a review that helps a lot with visibility. I sound like a broken record, but I won't be able to do this without you guys. So I do appreciate any of, uh, of the help that you guys can give all the love and support is welcome. I appreciate those of you that have done it already. And yes, thank you so much. So this episode is going to be more based on the Q and A's that are submitted on the Google form. If you don't know about the Google form, the Google form is in the link in the bio on the Snaps and Golf Claps Instagram page. That Google form allows you to submit anonymous stories, questions, comments, whatever it is that you want to submit. And I'll open them up and read them on these episodes. The reason I want to do a separate episode is because it would make the other episodes really long and I want to make sure I get to them. You guys have been incredible submitting a bunch of a bunch of responses. Right now I have about 20 unread responses, which is awesome. <laughs> but I want to get through them because you guys submitted them and I did promise that I would answer them. So without further ado, let's get into it. So one of the questions that I got was how do I start a wellness routine? I think that's an awesome question, one that I can answer pretty quickly. But wellness routine, um, to me, a wellness routine incorporates the wellness triad. I don't know if that's what it's actually called, but that's what I call it, meaning it's mind, body, spirit. So you're doing a practice, uh, a consistent daily practice for something for your mind, something for your body, something for your spirit. Ideally, you want to do things where there are overlaps just so you can get the most out of your routine. But this is all going to be dependent on what you do or what you what you like to do. So I think a lot of times you get sucked into thinking that there's a there's one way to do things. And the thing about wellness that's actually really cool is that it's whatever works for you, whatever wellness looks like to you. So I'll give you an example of what my wellness routine looks like. So I do a daily gym routine. And in those gym routines, it is structured. Um, I go in, I set an intention before every workout of things that I want to achieve. And it's a bit of a meditation, like almost like an active meditation for me. So I really do try to focus on what I'm doing at all moments and just get myself in a certain mind space. So right then and there, the gym is mind and body for me. I also engage in a daily meditation and a journaling practice both mind and spirit that help me connect with myself and align with myself before my day starts. I also go on daily walks. Those walks are really good for me. Those hit mind, body, and spirit. A lot of times on those walks, I do kind of like active meditations. I'll listen to podcasts. I listen to books. I'll have conversation with friends and family members, whatever the case may be, whatever floats my boat on that day. So as you can see, I don't have a, I have a structured wellness routine but it differs depending on how I'm feeling. So days are different and my outputs are gonna be different. So you have to find what works best for you. So if you like dancing, you know, maybe part of your wellness routine is to turn on some music for an hour a day and dance around your apartment. That's wellness. Maybe it's call someone, call or text someone that you, you, a loved one that you haven't talked to and shoot them a text, tell them how you feel about them or give them a call, see how they're doing. That's also wellness go on walks, do yoga, 
There's so many different things you can do for you, but you have to find what works for you. The best wellness routine is the one that you can stick to. So that's the biggest thing to remember is that if you try something, you don't like it, don't do it. If you realize like, oh, journaling hurts my hand, I don't like to do it, don't journal on pen and paper. Maybe try audio journaling where you just open up your voice memos and just vent or whatever the case may be. Um, if journaling is hard for you, maybe because you don't know what to write, try doing journaling prompts and see if that can spark something up, spark something up in you. But you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Do what works best for you. All right. So one of the other questions that I have that I got that I really like is it's hard for me to be alone or do things by myself. Have you ever dealt with this? If so, how do you do it? Yes. I have dealt with this. I used to deal with this a lot when I was younger, especially, um, you know, when I was about 18, 19. It was really hard for me to be alone, so much so that if my friends weren't going or if I didn't have somebody to go with somewhere, I would skip out on a lot of the things that I really wanted to do because I was terrified of being in public by myself. But I realized that I then started to miss out on a lot of things that I wanted to do and that I wanted to experience. And it got to a point where that was more detrimental for me than being in public by myself. The fact that I wasn't able to experience certain things that I wanted to experience was worse than the thought of being caught in public alone. I had to figure out why it was that it bothered me so much to be in public by myself. And I realized is that I was scared for people to think that I was like a loser, you know, that like I didn't have any friends that, um, you know, that they were going to be judging me. And I genuinely thought every single time that I went outside by myself that everybody was staring at me and laughing. And like if literally it was to the point where like if I heard people laugh in the distance, I'm like, they're for sure laughing at me. And I would like leave, like run out of places. I couldn't handle it. I I was terrified, um, but I just had this very deep fear of seeming lonely or feeling lonely. And, you know, I figured out, I had to figure out where that was coming from. Like, why was I so worried about what people thought about me and what strangers, quote unquote, thought about me? Which, side note, they're not even worried about you. But, you know, it got to the point where, like, there was really no way for me. I don't know if there's a better way to do this. There's, it might, There might be. But I just started going to places first. I started going to places that I knew I would enjoy so much that it would take my mind off of being there by myself. And also these were places that most people were by themselves. So it started for me by going to coffee shops. Coffee shops, there's a lot of times there's people there alone and I love coffee. I love coffee shop experiences. So I started there. I started going to coffee shops. I would find like, like I would go to Google and put cool coffee shops near me and I would drive to the coffee shop and go in there literally shaking knees, you know, quaking and shivering and I would just walk in and sit down and just look around and notice that nobody was paying attention to me. And then I would go get some coffee. I would, you know, start up a conversation with the barista and just chill and i would always have something to do too right like nowadays i can go into a coffee shop and literally just stare at people <laughs> like i don't have to have something to do but it took time to get to this point but back then i would have i would ha have something to distract myself just to get comfortable for being you know being in that space and have something where i can almost like quote unquote escape to so I personally would say don't let it be your phone because I think your phone could really take you out of that space. 
So I would say like maybe get a book or a journal or your laptop, work on some stuff, whatever the case may be, and just do this more regularly. It really does help if it's something that you enjoy doing, you know, so like if you like to watch movies, go to the movie alone. That's a great place. Literally nobody's looking at you. You're by yourself. It's dark. If you're that scared to be seen alone, leave right before the, the movie credits start. I don't know. But there's so many different things you can do. Um, but, you know, it takes time. It does take time. Be patient with yourself. Start slow, you know, but don't don't stop living your life just because you don't have people around you to do things with you. That's that's tough because you're not always going to be around people. Figure out why it is that you have, you know, get to the bottom of why it's so hard for you to be alone and start to work on it like that and take it, make it fun. You know, take yourself on dates, like make it fun, like get dressed up nice, go get some food. Most restaurants, most places have bar seating that are meant for people by themselves. Create a storyline, do whatever you want, but make it fun, have fun with it. But most importantly, enjoy your own company because it's it's really fun. And it's almost to the point now for me where it's like, I love doing that so much that sometimes I love doing it more than going out with my friends. Like I love my, I love my people, I love my friends, but I love going to places alone now. And it took time, but... There's nothing more I look forward to than to having a, a day where I'm just in full control of my day. I get to do what I want. I get to go where I want and and just enjoy my, my myself, my space. You know, I'll listen to music. I'll listen to podcasts. I'll do whatever, but I'll have conversations like start small. Go somewhere that maybe you, you don't have to spend a lot of time there, but just go there and just enjoy the space, you know, but. Yeah, build up to it. Start small. Go go somewhere you enjoy and then just build on that. Next question is, a topic I'd love to hear your perspective on is the concept of being in your 20s and feeling like you need to figure out your whole life and or what you want to do in life and how to navigate that. Or on the flip side, how to be confident in taking things a day at a time and learning to accept not having it all figured out. This is an incredible question. Man, your 20s are hard. Our whole lives, we're told that things are supposed to go a certain way, that our life is supposed to look a certain way. And at a certain point, I think societally, it did. You know, everybody had a blueprint. If you go in this direction, this is what your life looks like. If you go in this direction, this is what your life looks like, and so on and so forth. Nowadays, we have the luxury um, where we get to choose the life that we want and it, the trajectory may look different along the way. We have more options. So with more options come more potential paths and not everybody's paths are going to look the same. Even if you're going to something where you're being, you know, like something in STEM, science, tech, engineering, or math, um, you know, even if you're going, you're studying in the STEM fields, like, your paths are still going to look different. But I think this is a great thing that we don't, the fact that we don't have a blueprint that we take, because I think what we see a lot in previous generations is that some of them wish they had more options and opportunities, right? Some of them wish that they had the ability to 
live the life of their dreams and they did but they just didn't have the resources or they didn't know how or they didn't have the support or they didn't think they could so with that being said our 20s are such a beautiful decade because it's a time of exploration it's a time of learning it's a time of trying new things most of us don't have big responsibilities in our 20s we can explore a bit more we can live life a bit more but what I do encourage anybody in their 20s to do is to try new things hang out around new people experience different things try to just break out of that comfort zone because as we get older that comfort zone gets really comfortable and it gets a lot harder to break out of it so you have to challenge yourself to try new things is there a painting class you've always wanted to try try it out you know do you want to learn how to sing learn a new language you know look up groups where you can practice you want to travel the world travel the world if you have the means why not i guess the point i'm making is try it try it you have nothing to lose when you when you're in a position where you have nothing to lose but time and you're not even losing time it's an investment it's an investment i don't think trying new things is a loss is a waste of time i think trying new things is an investment because at the very worst the worst case scenario of trying something new and not liking it is that you don't like it but at least now you know you don't have to live with the what if you know what if what if i like it or what if i'm good at this or what if this like find out (laughs) you know you have nothing to lose like find out if you like it if you like it great if you don't then don't do it. We we don't have to have everything figured out. And I think like at a young age, we're kind of conditioned to think that like, okay, cool. Elementary school, middle school, high school, college, and then figure life out. Once you get college, like everything gets figured out. Even, listen, to somebody that went through the college system, even after graduation, you won't know, you won't have it all figured out. So this idea that like the minute you graduate, life starts to happen it's like no dude no you might get the job of your dreams you might not and that's okay but that shouldn't stop you from living your life at the end of the day it's your life i understand that sometimes we feel like we're going to be disappointing people around us if we do certain things ultimately you have to realize these people want the best for us but you also have to realize that you want the best for you and you won't know what the best for you is unless you start to try stuff unless you start to allow yourself to experience life. But whatever it is, just like, just allow yourself to live. Allow yourself to truly experience life for what it is. And the second part of the question said how to be confident in taking things a day at a time and learning to accept not having figured it out. That's tough. It's hard because there are days where I still battle with that, where I feel like I'm, maybe I'm not doing enough or maybe I need to do more. But I think... The best way to develop that confident confidence in taking things a day at a time is to, and I say this a lot, but is to find something that you want to do that's going to better your life and do it daily, consistently to the best of your ability, with the only focus of being a little bit better every day. That gives you the confidence. Consistency is a big confidence builder. Discipline is a big confidence builder. So once you find that thing that you want to explore, try it out give yourself a time limit if if you're like okay boom by three months if i don't if i'm not rocking with this and i'm moving on to the next thing but give it time 
and be consistent with it. But I think a lot of times we don't, I've said this on other episodes where we're like, we don't want to be bad at stuff. And uh, part of every process is being bad at stuff. So get really comfortable with not being good at everything that you do the first time around. Not many people are just natural prodigies. And even the ones that are still have to practice to get better. So understand that and lean into that. Go into everything with an open mind, no expectation, and set your intentions to experience said thing and see what you get out of it. But yeah, you don't have to have it figured out. That, even in your 30s, you might not have it all figured out. I think if you're living life correctly, you won't have it all figured out ever because there's always, you have to be a student of life, be a student of a game and understand that life is going to come at you in so many different ways and being open to it and being a student of life will allow you to receive the things that you are meant to receive. So love that question. Thank you so much for asking whoever asked this. Another question I got is... I am struggling with driving myself through life changes. I made a huge effort at the start, and once I started to see progress, I found myself loosening up the commitment until I realized I was no longer putting effort through excuses. Also, I'm super proud of you and all that you share. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, this is actually, they left the name, um, but thank you so much. You know who you are. I appreciate you. Um, I'm going to try to be unbiased with this because I know how amazing you are as a human being. And, um, and, but I, I do get this. I understand. And, um, man, it's tough. You know, like, I think as humans, we love comfort. We really like to be comfortable. That's what we strive for. Um, comfort is, survival right comfort equals survival so if we're comfortable our chances of survival are really high risks and discomfort is scary there's uncertainty we have less control so in a way choosing to loosen up like you said after making progress and choosing to be comfortable in said progress is a way of you potentially controlling the outcome. If you loosen up and just kind of chill in that air of comfort, then you have full control of what's going on. You don't have to worry about potentially losing anything. You don't have to worry about putting yourself in a situation where it may be hard to see the next level, especially if you're in a space where now you are receiving more than you ever have before. Then it's like, damn, what's the point? And that's the question to ask. What is the point? What is the point? Why do you want to put in more effort? What are you putting more effort in? Maybe the effort isn't putting in into whatever your life changes that you had. Maybe that's not where the effort goes into. Maybe the effort goes into another part of your life. Sometimes when we focus on different parts of our lives, it bleeds into other parts of our life. So you don't have to continue to work at something. So like for example, let's say you've worked really hard to get multiple promotions at work and you're climbing up the ladder and then you get to a point where you're like, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't really 
feel motivated to keep climbing right now. Cool. Focus on something else. Do you want to, you know, do you want to have a better routine in your life? If you have a significant other, do you want to pour more time into that? Do you want to pour more time into your health and wellness? Do you want to pour more time into a hobby? Reallocate that energy. It doesn't have to be into one thing. And kind of like I said in the other message, maybe you don't have something worth working towards. So maybe it's time to pursue something new. Find something that you've always been that you've always been interested in and wanted to try. See how that goes. So, you know, I think sometimes those excuses start coming out. Um, like you said, you were no longer putting in effort and instead making excuses. Sometimes those excuses come out because you just don't have, you maybe don't see the value in continuing in something or you've lost your, your purpose in that thing. So reconnecting with your purpose and your why you even want to do something is really important in these moments, I think. So you're doing great. <laughs> and I, I'm sending you lots of love and positivity and I know you're going to crush whatever it is that you do. And I'm probably going to do one more and end it at that. What are some book recommendations that helped you on this journey? Ooh, I like that one. Man, there's been a lot of books, but I'm going to say the top three that came to mind. And I maybe I'll do like a book review on the Instagram page. We'll see. But the first three that came to mind when I read that question, I would say number one is i'd say one of the first books that helped me is called radical acceptance by tara bratch i believe her name is man that book came to me in a was recommended to me by a friend um and it was the perfect book for where I was in that season of life. I was in a season where I was super lost. I was very confused. I felt like I was just not doing enough with my life. And it was constantly just a lot of negative self-talk and a very negative headspace. And I felt like I had so many things that I needed to control in that time. And I had no control over anything. <laughs> And at that time, I didn't understand the concept of controlling what you can control and releasing what you can't. I wanted to control it all, <laughs> but that book showed me that not only did I not have to control it, but I needed to be more gentle with myself, um, along with a lot of other lessons. It's a really good book. It is based in a more like Eastern spirituality, but it's an incredible book. I recommend it to anybody that wants to maybe learn how to be more present and um, just be more gentle with yourself and patient with yourself. Another book that came to my mind immediately was The Alchemist. So The Alchemist is one of those books that <laughs> the person that recommended it to me said, this is a book that finds you. You don't find it. And I'm not going to lie. They weren't wrong because The Alchemist is a book that I have been recommended for as long as I can remember. And it finally fell into my lap around 2020 and I read it and it genuinely 
changed my perspective about everything and it lit a fire under my behind boy i started seeing life so differently (laughs) i started seeing life so so differently such a beautiful story such a beautiful book um i i recommend that book to anybody that will listen to me there's not much i can explain about it it's one of those that you just have to read it and every i think it's one of those books that everybody's going to get something different about it like out of it based off of where you are in life that's definitely one of those books that i'm going to be revisiting back throughout my life and i think i'll get a different message every time you're going to get the message that you need at that time highly recommend the alchemist by paulo coelho great book and the third book that popped into my mind right off the bat is a book called um, Psycho-Cybernetics. And Psycho-Cybernetics is a book that I read in college. Um, let me see who it's by. By Maxwell Maltz. Psycho-Cybernetics is a very interesting book because it talks about the, the power of the mind and the ability to rewire your mind and your mindset. And how your mind controls a lot of what you see on the outside world and the deep connection between mind and body. And the whole book kind of gives experiences about that, how perception, um, what we perceive in the mind and how it translates in the body. And it also like talks about like how to do it, like how to rewire the brain and all that stuff. And it's a it's a really interesting book. It definitely was a book that took me a bit to read. I'm not going to lie, but it's because when I read books that I really enjoy, I need time to like process and apply. So, but that's a great book. Um, highly recommend that book. And I'll have to say honorable mention just because it's at the front of my mind still because I just read it recently would have to be The Creative Act by um, the one and only Rick Rubin. That book, as a creative, any creatives out there, even not, we're all creatives. So this is not just for like artists. I'm talking about creatives. And you understand what I'm saying. Anybody that has creative energy within them, read that book. Read that book. If you if you feel stuck in life in any way or want different perspective about how to approach the beauty of life, how to see life, how to create within your life, read that book. You won't regret it. It's an incredible book. Um, Rick Rubin, if you don't know who he is, look him up. He is, he has probably worked with your favorite musician. I don't need to know who your favorite musician is. He's worked with them. So he's, he's a goat in the industry, in the music industry, in the, in the creative space. And you should definitely, definitely, definitely check out that book. Um, but yeah, that's, yo guys, that's, that's it. I'm going to do three questions. This one, I feel like I, I covered enough. I spoke about a lot and this was, um, this was cool. This was different because it's, (laughs) it's a lot weirder than I thought it would be just to talk into a wall. I, I wish you guys could see my setup right now. I'm literally staring into a blank wall. If at any point in this episode you hear uh, the thoughts drift off a little bit, it's because I am staring at a wall um, and my brain just does numbers when that happens. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. For those of you that did listen, I hope you enjoy these. Um, as of right now, I'm going to drop the f- this first one, see how it goes, and then from there I'll pace it 
maybe depending on how how many more responses I get in the form, this this may be a, a weekly thing, but um, maybe I'll just do like a, a mega one once a month every other week. I don't know yet, but if you guys want these to be more more frequent, make sure you're dropping some questions, stories, comments, whatever in the forms. I still have some more to get through right now, but anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode. I hope you guys have a great day. Love you guys very much. Thank you.